Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan. And I'm Deidre. And we're so excited to continue our word of the year. Uh, we did this last year, I believe, with these special guests, Bestie Meg and Bestie Cammy are on. No. No. <laughs> yes, you went for it. <laughs> okay, we're not going to introduce each other that way. We just, I saw a meme, thought it was funny. But uh, yeah, Meg and Cammy have been on the podcast uh, several times. Uh, they're my two, two of my three sisters-in-law, and uh, we've had a lot of fun together um, on the cruise uh, almost this time last January we're heading off on a cruise to celebrate Megan's 40th birthday um, so we've done several different um, episodes with you all but specifically we wanted to talk about your words of the year uh, how 2023 went for you what you've chosen as your word for 2024 and just see uh, what the Lord is doing in your life give us some updates gals who wants to go first I was just going to say, this is always the hardest part is Cammie and I deciding who's going to go first because we both want the other to go. <laughs> <laughs> Should we rock, paper, scissors? Let's do it. <laughs> rock, paper. Wait, whoever wins goes or whoever loses goes? <laughs> whoever loses goes. Right. Rock, paper, scissors. Man, we both got scissors. <laughs> but I, pull your hands up into the screen a little bit. <laughs> This would be better in a video. Okay. All right. Give it okay. Oh, one, so Cammy gets to well, go. Well, that's the yeah. best out of three. Wait a second. No. Cammy, <laughs> you legitimately lost. That's the rules of the game. It's best out of three, but okay, I'll concede. I was almost going to go alphabetically, which would have put you first anyway, Cammy. So that's true. I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so last year, my word was steadfast. And um, I think for me, it was before I like knew the definitions or whatever, I think it was to me, it was like the Holy spirit saying, stay the path, the course that I've set you on and stay and remember the work that we've done and the, you know, where we've come in our healing process and all of that. And don't forget that. So stay, stay fed, stay, stay steadfast in that, um, on that path. And, um, you know, you don't really know when you set up just like, you know, um, what, that, that year's going to bring. Um, so beginning of that year, I think it was in February, I had um, just kind of a situation that just kind of tried to knock me off course, I would say, um, you know, as in we all have in life, uh, these situations that we come up against. Um, so it was with my job, um, I had been doing interior design for years, but then stepped over into this to, to, to the staging aspect of it. So I had, it was very new at it, not a ton of knowledge and training in it. And so I had this stage that I did and, you know, this realtor complained about it. And so then it was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe we need to step back here, um, you know, do some training and whatever. This situation, not that it was huge. It was just huge it impacted me um, because it made me spiral down to, oh my gosh, like I thought the one thing I was good at, like clearly I'm not even, you know, and of course there was those layers of, you know, I didn't pick out all the furniture and all these different things. I didn't know this information, you know, but whatever, but it, it hit me like to my core because it was like, this was this one gifting, you know, like I don't have that many, like I thought this was, you know, um, something I had in the bag. And, um, and so what, it, what, um, kind of got me out of that. I was listening to this Instagram art. It was an Instagram reel. And it was talking about feeding of the 5,000 and, um, 
so it was just, it was really short. It was about, you know, the Lord first said, you feed those people, you know, to the disciples. And then, uh, there he was like, okay, well, what do you have? Bring me what you have. And that just like resonated so much with me. And I just, from then on, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to bring you what I have. I don't have all the giftings in this world, but I do have this little bit of measure. And I'm, I'm here in this place, in this job that you, you brought me here. And, you know, as much as I wanted to just be like, I mean, I was all the way down low. Maybe I needed to find a new job. Like clearly this isn't, you know, what I'm supposed to, to do. And it was out of that. I just thought, okay, Lord. So every day I was like, I, I trust you with, with just this little bit that I have, um, I'm bringing, and actually Meg, you sent me the podcast of Holly, uh, Furtick. Yeah. Do you remember just the yeah. other day? Yeah. So it was about feeding the 5,000 and I know you didn't remember that. Like I, you, um, and it was about, so it was such a reminder of the Lord saying to me, you got the bread in your hands, Cami, for this next year. Like you yeah. got the bread in your hands. We all have the bread in our hands to feed people, to feed the world around us, to do the things that he's called us to. So that was a turning point. And then just this other little layer was, um, I was reminded of, um, the Holy spirit just reminding me of, um, being on my dad's job site when I was younger, um, like when I was in high school, um, he, he, they were building tons of houses. So I would go and clean them and I hired my friends and like my cousin. And so like, I was this little mini foreman, you know, running this cleaning jobs and the Holy spirit reminded me of, he was of like how I felt in those, uh, being on that job site. And I felt so important and it had such value when I would step on that job site and I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. And even though all I did was cleaning, you know, and be, but because it was my dad's, I just took this ownership and not, I didn't tell anybody on that job site, you know, pour the concrete this way or this drywall's that way. You know, I just stayed in my lane, but there was just this value I felt and I was convicted and I thought, why am I not every day walking in my life, knowing that my father in heaven, this is his earth. Like this is his creation. And why am I not walking in that value of I'm his daughter? So that was a pivotal moment that just really set me on course for the rest of the year. Um, and like a month or two later, I got a promotion. So now I'm, you know, the staging manager and like, and it was like, I had to have that, <laughs> that moment to, to keep walking. And I just, in my mind, it was like walking this path that he had. And I stayed that path. And of course, when I, I stayed steadfast to his truth. And even though these lies, you know, try to combat or these situations that try and um, over overtake us, it was staying steadfast in that truth. And the funny thing is, is like a couple months ago, uh, maybe it was a month ago, Megan, you text and said, Hey, do you guys want to do this podcast? Like, we'll talk about our words of the year. And then we'll talk about what, you know, what we feel like is for the next year. And I was like, well, I don't even know if I'd be good I, at the moment. I can't remember my word. <laughs> and then you were, you're like, it was steadfast. Came like, Oh yeah. Like, I feel like I was so just st staying close and staying. And I was like, Oh, well, I've totally been steadfast. I've, I've, I've walked the road that, that I wasn't supposed to. Um, steadfast. I forgot I was steadfast. And I forgot I was steadfast. I was so steadfast. Nailed it. <laughs> um, but the, you know, so then for this year, um, I was sitting in, um, church and I wasn't even thinking about it. Like I hadn't been thinking about it. Um, and, and it might've even been before you text. I don't remember the timeline of it, but, and it wasn't even just this moment of like, you know, 
listening to a sermon and being so like inspired or anything. It just, it might've been the kids up on the stage for the Christmas program, you know, like, and I just, I, um, I just heard new heights. And so then I saw the picture of myself. Um, I, I am, as I've gotten older, I am afraid of heights. And so we have this, this story that we retell in my family because I didn't realize how bad it was until we went to Holiday World and I'm walking up to go to these um, water slides. And there it's like four stories of open deck, you know? And I, I thought, okay. So I, I immediately saw myself there and I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to, I'm probably going to have to trust you in some areas you want to take me, maybe some scary things that have been, you know, that bring up fear for me and apprehension, which would be like speaking in public and, you know, different aspects of even I'm seeing in my job that is elevating me to this like leadership role, which, you know, comes with all kinds of things. And it's scary to me. So I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's probably what it is. And I had didn't even look up the definition until Meg texts me. I was like, what's your new word, you know, whatever. And, and then I looked up the, um, definition which then scared me even more um <laughs> it's um more success or improvement than ever before <laughs> so I was like ah, I take it back <laughs> you know like take back what you said um but then as I was just kind of thinking about it this morning and praying I re-saw myself walking up those flights of stairs and the Holy Spirit said but just like I made it to the top, even though I was scared and like my kids say I was like a, you know, a wild animal hunting its prey. I was crouched down low, but I kept taking the step. And even though I was scared, I didn't turn back around and I didn't stay there. I made it to the top and then I enjoyed the ride down. So for me, I was thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to have to endure some things, but it was, he was, but basically it was like, Holy Spirit, like you got it. The bread's in your hands, Cammie. Like you just keep taking a step, trust in me and you'll make it, you know? So whatever that means. Um, yeah, that's how, how literal are we taking this? Like, can I plan some fun um, things to really test out this new heights thing for you? I actually thought that would be, I would like to, I don't, however that comes about, you know, I know there's that gondola and, you know, I left and grabbed I know. That's what I was thinking about. Like, let's go do that. That's something close, but I think so. I, and I think those moments will be that I'm going to be, you know, I'm healed from my, my, but I think it will just be a, an inspiring moment where then I can even just like, you know, press in more, but, um, so yeah, new height in your new height, Cammy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like it to be noted. That's not my word of the year though. So I will meet you all on the other side. <laughs> I'll drive up the hill. I will drive up the hill while you take the gondola. I'll face my What if there, but Deidre, what if there's a Kairos moment waiting for you at the top of the hill? Oh. The, van, the van will get me there. <laughs> What if it breaks on the way up? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> well, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I love that for you, Cammy. That's amazing. That's awesome. All right, Meg, you're up. <laughs> okay, let's go right into it. Um, last year, my word was desire. And it came about because... I realized I didn't really have any idea what I desired. And 
um, there's the scripture, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I was kind of in a place of just starting to begin to discover what those things might even be. Um, and the year unfolded with really the word desire almost, almost being replaced with the word want. I would say, what do I desire? What do I want? Because that was a question I just never asked myself in hardly any situation <laughs> in my adult life, certainly, you know. Um, and I can't tell you how that just changed some things for me and um, just began to do a, a work in my own life. I, I have a tendency to be others focused because I think that's more noble or frankly, because that's easier sometimes than looking inward, right? It's easier to put my attention on my kids or doing or things or my husband, you know, than to look inward and to really ask. And if then I discover what I want, well, then what am I going to do with that? How am I going to speak that? And then how's it going to be received? And so there's always, I think the reason I didn't always take that look in is because there was fear attached of, well, if I discover this desire, if I know what I want, if I then speak it, whoa, what if then I'm rejected? What if what if that vulnerable part of me that I finally had the courage to say out loud is shunned? And there were a couple of times that I, that I did speak up about something that a, a want that I discovered and it was received with open arms and love and embrace. And there were a couple of times that it wasn't. And so it, regardless of how it was received, it was important for me to, to kind of find that courage and to know that whether it was well received or poorly received in the moment, um, I, I still followed through and I'm still a person that has value and can express those things and that it's okay to express those things and it's not diminished. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. I maybe should have thought of that before we jumped on this recording, but of course there isn't a, a specific, a specific one coming to mind at present. Um, but anyway, so then that asking that question um, has has led me actually to the word enjoy, mm -hmm. and that word first jumped out at me because my parents are both currently doing Storyworth. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, or if maybe the listeners are familiar with that. It's these sweet little writing prompts that they get. And it's a question like, who did you go to prom with? And my mom will write a whole little thing about her prom date and how she was the prom queen. And it's just so cute. You know, there are these fun little things and they turn them into a book after a year of these weekly stories. So my mom, I was reading one of her story worths and it, the question was about like raising your kids. What were you like when you were a young mom? And so she touched on several points and kind of the last point she touched on, she was like, you know, as my kids began to grow into their grade school years and their junior high, high school years, I found myself being intentional about enjoying them because I knew like my time with them is more and more limited the older they get, because if I'm doing my job right, I'm, I'm training them to let them go, right? To, to send them on their way. And man, I read that word enjoy and I was like, whoa enjoy <laughs> I, I train my kids I make sure they're fed I you know I do all the things but do I actually enjoy them every day oh at bedtime I'm like let's get this done I'm ready to be alone you know I'm, I'm done half the time and or, or, or even I'm such a 
doer, tasker, whatever that it made me actually even think of Sabbath. Like I, I, I like to, um, like things to be just so, but then I won't take the minute to sit and enjoy the thing that I prepped to make just so. Um, so I think, I think the word for me, if I'm going to guess, is probably going to involve a little bit of slowing down, um, a little less doing and maybe a little more just being. Um, I had that week between Thanksgiving and, well, what's after Thanksgiving? I guess just that week that the kids were off of school, um, right around Thanksgiving break is I think what our school calls it. Um, I wake up early. You guys know I'm an early riser. And usually that's my like personal development time where I'm drinking my coffee and reading my Bible or journaling or, you know, self-help, whatever. It's that, it's that kind of time. Um, but man, it's like, I woke up that week and I was like, no, I don't have it in me. I don't want to do any of that. All I want to do, because I was asking myself, Meg, what do you want to do? I just want to watch a TV show. And the idea to me was ridiculous. I was like, are you really going to get up at 5 a.m. and watch a show? for a week with you, you can drink your coffee and not meet with Jesus. What kind of heathen are you? You know, like all, <laughs> all the voices start in like, come on, man. But I did uh, the morning show, which is a show that I've watched all the seasons. I've had a new season out and I was like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to watch the morning show. And maybe Jesus wants to watch the morning show with me. So I got up every morning at like my regular time and watched this hour long show until it was over. And it was so refreshing and so filling to me that I went, oh my gosh, I, I can enjoy. Because it was around that same time that that word kind of popped in. And I was like, this is my direction for next year. So that's kind of where I am at present. going to learn that I can do things that are not my normal discipline pattern and it's going to be okay. And in fact, it might be better. I might like it. <laughs> amazing yeah <laughs> yeah I'm really excited about that and I need to ask you just not to get off the topic but was the season three of morning show good oh yeah okay because I'm fairly certain Jesus watched the first two seasons with me last year and so I'm excited to watch the third with him yeah yeah it's good it's a good show I like it I am struck by well all of us really but listening to you two right now how it's like we're almost facing fears when we choose these things, you know, like yours, Cammy, like a physical fear of heights, but also that fear of like, what if I do succeed, right? What if I do get to the top of whatever this is? And I don't know, how would you fill in the blank? Like, what if I'm successful then? What do you fear? Not so much rhetorical, but like, what would you fear? How would you fill in the blank there? <laughs> I thought it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Go, Cammy, go. <laughs> what do I, what would I fear if I get to that success? Is that what yeah. the question is? Maybe, or just whatever the new height looks like. And we, we know the literal, but like more emotionally, figuratively, what about your value in there, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Are you afraid of the success of it? Because, okay, as an Enneagram 3, I can see like why this feels a little bit daunting maybe because um are you afraid of the success or are you afraid of getting so close to it and then still not getting it like if I put all the effort the work in and then I'm no, so close to the my, top my only fear no no my only fear is that I don't have what it takes to get there 
Mm. So it's never about, yeah. Um, and I know I differ in some of those aspects than some threes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say once I actually get there, um, like, so this year, for instance, like I had my most successful year ever in my job. I've made the most money that I ever have. And it almost doesn't seem real, you know? Um, you know, and then like, like I set these goals and there were years I set a goal, like, this is what I want to get to. And they seemed practical and I, um, but I, and I didn't make it, which was fine, you know, or I like barely made it. Well, now I've like superseded it, but it almost, for me, and I'm almost a little numb to it. Um, and it's not like, you know, oh, I've got to have more than I, I don't. So I don't really know how to answer that question. Um, because I, yeah. Well, I think like as a three, that makes sense that there's always a sense of uh, like what I fraud might not be the word you would use, but or like what's imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome of it, maybe. So I wondered if that was like underlying that anywhere. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's just it's hard to face that sometimes because like God is speaking to you about your worth last year, you know, and saying like you have what it takes. And so to go into this year saying, and trust me that there's even more that I want to do with what you're holding, you know, like that keeps coming back to, I think it makes sense that that situation, you hit a core thing for you. Cause you're like, Oh, the thing I feared has been exposed. Right. But it really wasn't true. That really wasn't what was exposed. It was just the story in your head. You were telling yourself about it. So to face that is so important. And we dismiss those things in our lives a lot because we're like, we'll just tell like another part of us is just like, it's no big deal. Just get over it, you know, but you sat with it long enough until God could give you a truth about it. And I think that was really powerful. And it just set the trajectory for your year in a different way because of of sitting with the discomfort of how you felt in that situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the fear is more that then I'm exposed of like, how did she get there? You know, how did, was she successful? She's not that talented, you know, or she's not this or that. So I would say it's probably a little bit of that not feeling like, you know, that's the real Cami or an imposter in this place of, of a, a new height, you know, like I'm not smart enough. I'm not these things enough. Um, yeah. And something really cool is, um, something that happened recently. So, um, it was uh, Mariah who, like sports and stuff like does not come easy for her at all. Um, And we were joking about how she was kicking the ball. And like, I sat there so in love with this child and find it so endearing that like, who cares? She can't play sports. Like she has all these other qualities. And, and to me, the Holy spirit was like, cause growing up, I so thought that that would bring me my success was this talent that I had. And I thought if I don't have this value, how, how could someone love me? How could I be valued without this? And, and, and then like the Holy spirit was like, see, you know, you strip that away and you still are my daughter and I still love you and I'm endeared by you. So, um, I say that to say like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that chasing the success for the win is just not my goal at all, you know, because I realized that's not where, you know, that doesn't give me my stamp of quality. Um, it's just who we made me to be. So I don't know. I don't know if that answers just, the 
<laughs> yeah, I just finished reading um, Wholehearted Faith by Rachel Held Evans, and she's an Enneagram 3. And she was describing that kind of chase for success. She actually said, if I don't, if I don't succeed, I will in fact vanish into a veritable grand canyon of irrelevance and unimportance. I will be revealed as the nobody I believe I am, sucked into the black hole where things that have no value go. And it also sounds like maybe, and maybe this is a subtype thing, maybe this is just how it plays out in your personality, but the success then also might reveal that veritable emptiness because if you're sitting at the top and everyone's all of a sudden looking at you how did you get there like you just said like it sounds like that fear it's always about chasing that value and that worth and so whether it's if you fail everyone will see that you're exposed for nothing or if you succeed everyone will see that you're exposed for nothing it's just interesting how that fear plays out yeah I love that God meets us there though. So we don't have to be left with that being the driving force. Like you've, like you said, you you already faced a lot of that in the last couple of years. So you're not striving for that as your value, but now he's saying, so what if I give you the thing that you're not striving for anymore? Can you trust me there too? You know, Mm -hmm. and that's such just such a gracious gift of the Lord. Kind of like what you said, Meg, like, what if I speak out the thing that I desire and then my values in question based on how that person responds to me, you know, there's like that fear there too. Um, and I can totally relate to that. I took all this time to finally figure out what I want to be able to name it, to be able to speak it out loud. And then what if I don't get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or what if you're judged for it? What if it's not the right thing to want in someone else's eyes? Yeah. So true. Yeah. So like, as a, since we went the three route there as a one though, how does that play into some of your core fears? Uh, within, within joy, with like looking forward toward this year, maybe, or just the desire or both, you know, one. You ask good questions, Deidre. <laughs> um, well, we always have to bring it back to Enneagram here, you know, <laughs> we, do. we do. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's like, just to go back to the watching the morning show example, like if <laughs> it's just, I'll just be honest. If I had heard like one of my friends was like getting up in the morning and just watching a show and like not exercising or reading their Bible or whatever, I'd be a little bit like, wow, what a luxury you have. Like you just have the kind of life that you can just get up and just watch a show. Like if I'm really being honest, I have something to say about that. I have something to say. You have a girl what? No, that resentment piece is just so close to the surface for you guys, isn't it? But but the other thing that um, I heard a podcast last year about was how closely tied our, I'm going to get the word wrong, Megan, help me, um, when we are like disdainful of something, how it's, it's so close. We want it. It's tied to our desire. It's yeah. envy and resentment. It's the, it's the yes. same coin. Yeah, that's exactly Because all I want to do is stop and slow down mm-hmm. and enjoy right but for some reason there's that part of me that's like you can't you can't do that Uh, it'll all collapse (laughs) the laundry will overflow heaven forbid if the laundry overflows you know what I mean or (laughs) you answer your boss's email in a timely manner and then he's gonna think you're not working because whatever he's in California and I'm here and he expects responses from me in a certain window of time and what if I don't respond in that time he's gonna fire me I'm gonna lose my no no he loves me I'm crushing it do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think like I put the pressure on my own self, you know, mm-hmm. silly. Enjoy the job that I have because here, like I have this, it really is a luxury. I can log in and work 
in whatever hours. And I, I have set parameters for myself that these are the hours I want to do it. And so then if my day has to shift and I can't do the work in the hours that I set aside, then I get all oh, in a tizzy about it, you know? And I, I've had to be like, Meg, stop. Like this job is a blessing. You, you might not be able to do it right now, but you can do it at midnight if you have to, and it'll be fine. Like that's not a big deal. Enjoy that you can shift your job in a way that allows you to still work, you know? Yeah. Perspective change. Mm -hmm. That perspective change is huge. I, that's why I realized my first word I ever picked 10 years ago was perspective. <laughs> and this year I'm back to Kairos and it's basically just a fancy word for perspective. It's like, <laughs> like um, just a reminder, all the stress you're feeling is completely self-induced. <laughs> You have a choice to step out of it, Deidre. It's so hard. Do we need to find out then, like, did we pick words that face our fears? You and yeah, I? Yeah, break. Come, well. You, you should listen to last week's podcast, Megan, you'd find out where break came from. <laughs> well, I will listen, I promise. I think um, you did, Megan, because part of what you were saying was the reason like the song break my heart for what it breaks yours scared you was you couldn't as a young adult deal with your own brokenness how in the world could you take on somebody else's brokenness and mm -hmm. so facing that is saying actually I do have what it takes because the God in me and the wholeness that I have is enough for someone else you know and to hold space for their pain and brokenness too um so I think so I think it's also part of that like if you know I was always afraid of this spiral so like if I let myself break in any way, like can I trust that God can put the pieces back together? Or can I trust that there's a way out of that? And so like just not being afraid of the depth of whatever might come. I like that. Did you talk about Kintsugi last week? I yeah. did. Did you? Yes. I love that. That's what I immediately thought of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Golden joinery. It's beautiful. Did you say joinery? I did say joinery. That's I like the literal definition of kintsugi, I believe, is golden joinery. Oh, that's cool. I've never heard that that part of it, the word joinery. Interesting. It's also in Ted Lasso season three a lot. But they said joinery? No, just kintsugi oh. as a concept. No, that's what I'm saying, though. I've never heard that word joinery. Like, it feels like a made-up word, but I like it. It's very image imagery. I hope I didn't make it up. I feel like that's a real thing, but... Even if you did, it's made a up great words. Word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what about you, Mager? Well, yeah, Kairos. I think it's recognizing that a little bit opposite of what Cami was saying, like what I have is limited. And I'm scared that it's limited. But when I put it in his hands, it's not, you know, like kind of the same thing. Like I only have what I can bring, but that doesn't feel good enough, you know? And so then I'm always afraid that that little bit won't be enough, but more like for a lack, like for a provision or for like some kind of scarcity around time or whatever. Cause if I don't have enough time to make it better, it won't be good enough, you know? And it's like, he's like, yeah, but if you would embrace, that's all you have. And you put it in my hands and you give thanks that that's all you have. Like Ann Voskamp in her Eucharist day, like she talks about, it's the breaking and giving thanks that the miracle is released. So if I'm like holding it saying, but it's still not enough. I haven't like, I haven't given a good enough offering, you know, he's like, right, you just won't, you won't ever have enough. But if you trust me with it, and you give thanks for the little you have, then as that breaks open, it releases miraculous provision. And that provision can look like 
being fed like physically or emotionally or having enough to offer to others um just the expansiveness of time i like that so like the journey from not enough to more than enough happens in the breaking and the thanking yeah that's what she says. That's nice. Yeah. So her Eucharist list is her thousand gifts. She would say is finding in those not enough moments, the beauty that you can give thanks for. Mm. So while you're disciplining the kid and you're thinking, will this ever end? But you see a tender spot in them or a tenderness in you. And you're like, I'm giving thanks for that, you know, or um, a morning going to the hospital, but you see a beautiful sunrise, like those moments that we can give thanks for, even when everything is not worth giving thanks for but we break open thanksgiving which releases worship which releases like a heavenly reality then i don't know that wasn't supposed to be the context of this but it is a good book and last year i would like to publicly say we did a thousand gifts like we actually named a thousand things on our eucharist list the first year i had a thousand and fifteen yeah the first year i did it i got to 75 and then just sort of quit for because i forgot so it was a big yeah. deal. finally hit a thousand after like six or six or seven years of like I'm gonna do this wow yeah the first year I did it I had just over a hundred and this year I got exactly to a thousand on New Year's Eve oh my gosh just like two or three things a day that you try you're like looking for because when we look for it we see it yeah um, otherwise days can go by where like nothing's been good and <laughs> I, well, I don't relate to that at all. I, mean, I have nothing to give thanks for. I want to kill everybody I live with. <laughs> anyway, that was not supposed to be the subject matter here, but I still think it's good because it's all for all of us. This whole word of the year thing is a perspective shift of some kind, you know, and being reminded of God's truth in the middle of our own fears or our own limited, you know, ability. It's just, it's a perspective shift. So I think when a focal point, much like a dancer, when they're doing a pirouette, needs to have a thing to focus on so they don't get dizzy or sick or lose their balance. I'm not saying that. You said that. So that way we can't say that I repeated it for the third year in a row. <laughs> but that is what my, my word of the year is, my focal point. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Cammie and May, our beautiful guest? No, we're shaking our heads. <laughs> We're ending it with a lot of visual, just like we started it with the rock, oh, paper, scissors, visuals. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, who goes, who speaks last? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. I think it's a great start for our first episode of the year. Looking forward to see how this plays out. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review so other people can find us. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We're on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries and our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me at Enneagram Megan on Instagram. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast. Plus, you can click the resources tab to find books by all the authors we've spoken to or about. And you can find it at dauntlessgrace.org.